0: Welcome to Perspectives, which is a series of inspiring conversations with remarkable working women. And today I am really excited to be speaking with a friend of mine that I have known for over 20 years, although maybe that dates us, Chef Patti Morel Ruiz. Welcome. Hi, Katie. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So a lot of people, because you have a really big following on Instagram, probably know you from Instagram and the live things that you do and also your reels and your cookbook and you do so many different things all around your passion for food. So I thought maybe we could start a little bit if you could talk about how you went from cooking as your passion to starting it as your business and a little bit about the mad table, which is your business.
1: Yes. Okay. So like you mentioned, the key word passion. So Katie, I knew that my interest in food and cooking was different than some of my friends or even my sister that loves to cook and entertain because I could never turn it off. I was already an educator. I was a home economics teacher, but I wanted to do more. I could, I wouldn't be able to go to bed at night. Let's say I was planning a dinner party on a Saturday night. By Monday, I wouldn't sleep between Monday and Saturday because I couldn't shut my brain off, right? So I needed to do something with that fire that I had inside of me. And, I, and you know, social media was so popular and websites. So I, and, you know, I did so much re, uh, surrounded by food. Everything that I, I did, different jobs. I taught cooking classes. I was classically French trained um, in cooking, French cooking, even though that's not my style. I like now I like to teach home cooks how to cook delicious food. So that's where I started. I started by creating a website that would be my go to for all things food related. And that means that I would constantly post recipes But I would also post ideas on how to set a pretty table or if you're making taco night, how should you serve your tacos if you're entertaining? And the other thing that I really um, wanted to do was inspire. I think that what I love the most is to inspire other people to just do what you love. And I know that it sounds a lot easier for me to say it. Um, and sometimes it's harder to do, but I think you start by
0: playing with that idea in your mind first. And for people that have a passion for something, you know, a lot of people have a passion for something and they think, I wish I could figure out how to make a living doing this, but they mm-hmm. don't know how to do it. And and you've done that um, or make a career, I should say, more than just making a living. Is there any specific advice you have? for when you're taking something you love and trying to make it into your career?
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, it's it's a lot of trial and error. You have to start small. You, you have to start by starting, right? You have to start by putting yourself out there. In my case, in my industry, what really helped me a lot was volunteering. I would volunteer um, a lot in the community and events, Coconut Grove Arts Festival. I would just volunteer and offer my services anywhere that I possibly could. Um so yeah, I started small. I started by putting myself out there. I guess my biggest tip that I can share is that you just need to do it. And then once you do it, um you need to figure out what works, what doesn't work. I think the hardest thing is trying to find your voice. And that's really like very important is to find your groove. Whenever you start a new career, not It's not going to be, for everyone, it's not going to be very um, kind of like, uh, you're not going to have the lay of the land. You're not going to know exactly what you want to do. So you just have to figure out what works for you, what doesn't work. And I think that we're all built, we've been designed with an internal uh, thermometer that we know in our gut what's right and what's wrong. So you just kind of have to
0: figure it out. That doesn't answer your question, does it? <laughs> no, actually, I think it does. I think it does. You know, you and there isn't one way to do anything. I think that's sort of a relief for people too to know. You know, you have to sort of feel your way and getting out there and just being there and saying what you love to do and doing it is so important. And one of the ways that you've been really successful and grown your brand is through social. Can you mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit? Because I think that's another thing that feels pretty daunting to people. And by the way, doesn't work for everyone, but it's been amazing for you.
1: It doesn't. And it has been amazing for me, but it's also very stressful because I have been obsessed with social and especially Instagram because it's so fun. Um, and I would compare myself to these food bloggers or chefs that are like in Canada and overseas that do all this beautiful work. And then I realized, you know what, I need to stop comparing myself to other people. And I need to tackle my community. I need to find my voice. And I need to start small. Because in the beginning, I wanted to do it all, Katie. And that's when I had to take a step back. And I said, okay. First of all, I need to focus in my community. So what that means is that I need to tackle my audience. I needed to figure out who was my audience. And my audience was local, local moms, really, like moms, moms that work really hard, that have never cooked before or only cook on the weekends, and they need to put dinner on the table. So that's what I started to specialize in family-friendly, delicious recipes. And then I also realized that your website is more important than social media, than Instagram or Facebook or TikTok. Because when those platforms are not around, people are still going to go to your website. So my website, I made it my baby, but that was, you know, it took me a while to figure that out. There was a a time there that I would only post on Instagram and I wouldn't post my recipes on my website. I was like, eh, nobody's going to go to my website. Let me just you know, focus on Instagram and no um you need to concentrate on your website. If you don't have a website, I highly recommend that you start there. Start your
0: website and make that your baby. So that is great advice. And now let's talk about your recipes and your cookbook. So you have this great success. You figure out your audience. They're very receptive to you. You keep growing and you decide to write a cookbook, The Essential Cuban Cookbook. Tell yes. us. About it.
1: Um, I was approached by a publisher, and they asked me if I would be open to the idea of writing a Cuban cookbook. And obviously, I said yes. And my husband's like, are you sure you want to do that? I'm like, duh. So I wrote my Cuban cookbook. And I loved it. I loved, you know, everyone says oh that must have been crazy and yeah it was busy but i love being able to share the memories that each recipe brings right um and like i mentioned earlier i'm here just to inspire people to cook you can tweak the recipes however you want but i just want to inspire i want people to realize that cuban cooking All cooking is very approachable. It's not scary. The food is not spicy. It's just really flavorful because the ingredients are flavorful, but it's
0: not like chili pepper spicy. Tell us a little bit about one of the recipes. Is there a favorite recipe that you could share with us and share the best tips for making it?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I have so many. My favorite are my Cuban meatballs, and that was my grandmother's recipe. So Obviously, it brings back a lot of special memories, but it's very easy. So I think that's what I love. And they're different because you don't really eat it with pasta, like what the meatballs that we're used to, like Italian meatballs, because they are really creamy. You can eat it with white rice and you add, let me see, I'll go over the ingredients. It has onions. Here's a little tip that I can share with you. No matter what meatballs, type of meatballs you're making, when you're adding your onions, you want to grate your onions because it releases the moisture as opposed to just chopping. There's some of that onion juice gets into the meat mixture, so it makes them a little creamier and juicier. So my Cuban meatballs have the grated onions. They have cracker meal instead of flour, a little milk, and a little yellow mustard. And then you shape them, you sear them in a skillet. And then you make a wonderful, easy red sauce and you just soak those meatballs for like 20, 30 minutes in the red sauce. and It's just
0: so yummy and comforting. (laughs) So that was a great tip about onions. What is the most important thing to know if you want to be a better cook?
1: I think a couple of things. Number one, you need to start with one recipe, master one recipe first. Don't try to tackle it all. It's impossible. And if you love to entertain, don't try to make the whole menu. Um, It's okay to maybe make one thing and buy a few other things, especially in the beginning. So master one recipe, get really good at that one recipe. And then once you feel comfortable, you can try something else. You can add something else to your arsenal. Um, And the other tip I can share with you is mise en place, which is a term that we teach in culinary school. And that means to get organized, put all your ingredients in place. So I like to get a sheet pan. And on that sheet pan, I will have a small bowl with my chopped onions, another bowl with my chopped bell peppers, and then my protein in another bowl. So when I go to the stove, I bring my tray, with all my ingredients that have already been prepped and it
0: just makes your life so much easier. Okay, so in the vein of cooking, you have a partnership with AvMed and the rest your recipes are focused on cooking healthy meals. So yes. one of the things for working women, working people, whether you're working from home and you're on one Zoom after another and you don't have the time to really take a break, or you've gone back to the office now and so you're back into the I'm ordering in or do I have time to make my meals to take them around lunchtime? Do you have some tips for some healthy meals that you could either eat at home or take to the office?
1: Yeah, Katie, you have to meal prep. You have to set the stage. If you don't have ingredients ready, in the fridge or in your pantry, like a can of chickpeas, you you need things that you can actually put together or have them ready in the fridge and ready to go. If you need to start thinking, um, that's when we just eat everything in sight, and we eat all the wrong foods, and then we feel horrible. So I like to take maybe on Sundays or one day a week, I like to prep a few things. And what I mean by that is I like to have, I'll cook some grains, I'll cook some quinoa, I'll cook maybe some farro. I like farro a lot. Um, if I have leftover chicken from dinner, I will shred it, put it in a container. So I like to have everything sorted. And that's what we, we when we say meal prep, that's what we mean. When you have things already prepped in containers, and you can have shredded chicken, you can have a little bit of barbecue sauce. So if one day you have shredded chicken without a sauce, the next day or two days later, you can use that same chicken and add a little barbecue sauce, you can make a sandwich, you can add it to your salads. I like having I buy the triple wash greens in a bag, I use those, I have them ready. I have a can of chickpeas that I will uh, drain and put in a container. So I've got my grape tomatoes, I've got my chickpeas, I have cooked grains, I have shredded chicken, and then I can grab some sunflower seeds from my pantry. And now I've got a a bowl, like a grain bowl that I can put together in no time. But I took the time in the beginning of the week to meal prep and put everything right there in the refrigerator in a jar
0: that I can just grab. That is great advice and sounds terrific. And I need to just ask one little aside question, which is I never get quinoa right. Do you cook it just with water? Do you use broth? How do you make quinoa? How do you cook quinoa so it tastes like it's I, supposed to when you go to the
1: restaurant? I add chicken broth, yeah. or veg broth, but mostly chicken broth because chicken broth has more flavor than veggie broth. So that's what I do. The other thing that I do is that as soon as it's done, instead of transferring it to a bowl, I transfer it. So before I store it, mm-hmm. I it to like a flat plate and open it up because that way it doesn't get mushy. Because a lot of times if you just kind of like pile it in a bowl, what happens? So let's say you finish cooking it. You take it from your saucepan. You transfer it to a bowl. Then the, the top part of the quinoa is smushing the bottom part of the quinoa. And there's some residual steam going on. So when I lay it flat on a plate, I'm airing it out. So now I have loose grains.
0: Uh Aha. Okay. I knew there was a secret. There it is. Yes. This is perfect. So what's, what's next for you in the mad table?
1: Goodness. What's next? I don't know. Hopefully someone from the Food Network is listening to your podcast and they'll give me a show. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, if someone from the Food Network or anyone else would like to buy your cookbook, would like to follow you on social, where should they go? Okay,
1: so my book is sold everywhere that they sell books, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, my website. You can get my book anywhere. And that's the Central Cuban Cookbook. On social, I am the Mad Table. That's, that's my internet
0: name is the Mad Table. <laughs> So Patty, if I could just ask you, or let me call you Chef patty if I can just ask you one final piece of advice and you've shared some great ones with us, Mm -hmm. is there one thing that has really helped you through your life and your career that you can share with us today?
1: Besides finding out what defines me, (laughs) because that's really, I think that's the biggest advice I can share is you need to find what defines you. And for, and you need to turn off your brain and forget about everyone else, what everyone else is doing. You need to figure out what defines you and that's your voice. And you just stay true to it. Oh, and I forgot to add one more thing, Katie. And that is like my secret ingredient for everything that I make that's so delicious. And that's Tio Bebe. It is a dry sherry from Spain. And my dad, who was my biggest inspiration everything that he cooked, he would add a splash of Tio Bebe. So instead of using white wine, when a recipe calls for white wine, or if it calls for sherry, just go to the liquor store, get a bottle of Tio Bebe. And I promise it is a game changer.
0: Well, that's exactly what you're doing. And it's been fantastic. And we look forward to so much more to come. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us.
1: Thank you, Katie. This was fun.